Today's Sicha we're going to learn is all about the 20th of Av. What happened on the 20th of Av that's a special day in our generation. It takes us to 1944 when the Rebbe's father passed away in Al Mata or Al Mati in Kazakhstan, in the area of Kazakhstan. Basically, he was sentenced there from 1939 for a five year exile. And eventually, after the five years were over, he was so sick, didn't have medical care, proper care, and suffering there from uh, not enough food and all other kinds of conditions there. The Rebbe's mother was there with him. She moved into the exile with him to help him to get through this. And eventually, he was able to move to Almata, which was, uh, I think, a couple-hour train ride to that to closest city where there was a shul. And he spoke only a few times there in the shul from so much pain, he wasn't able to really get there and be there properly in the shul. He had to stay in the house where he was. And that's eventually a couple of months later where he passes away on the 20th of Av. Now, in every year on this date, the Rebbe would make a fabrengen and he would always also make a siyum, a, a conclusion of, or a subject of a tractate of a Talmud. And this, this talk particularly takes us to a year when the 20th of Av, this yard site was actually on Shabbos, Parsha Ekev, and 1967. That's the year where, when he uh, spoke this, uh, this talk. And it was published a couple years later in 1980 also for a year when the Shabbos was also Chafav. The Rebbe brings down a theme that he mentioned many times that on the 20th of Av, because if you look through the entire set of the Talmud, of anything that mentions the name, the date of the 20th of Av, which is something that everybody would like to do. You know, you want to find out something specific Yiddish guy that mentions of your birthday or of a yard site of a loved one. So the Rebbe finds that in the Talmud is mentioned about the 20th of Av. Why? Because it says that it's 20th of Av was one of the nine dates, one of the nine days of the year where special honor of bringing wood by Kohanim and people were brought in that date. What's the story? The story is that after the first temple was destroyed, we were chased out of Babylonia for seven to Babylonia for seventy years. When we came back, when the when the Jews are Olu, they made Aliyah from the Bnei Hagola, the people from the Gola, they came back to the temple, and they didn't. We did not have enough wood to burn on the fire on the altar. So what do you do if you don't have enough wood? So there were certain families that said that they will donate their own wood to the temple because the temple doesn't have wood in their storage houses. We were very poor, the Jewish people at the time. So there were certain families that said, we're going to go out of the way and we're going to give from our wood. So the sages at the time instituted that those families that dedicated and donated wood for the altar to be and for the fires to burn in the temple, they got an honor that every year on that date that was their date that they brought it, it became a special day for them to bring the wood. Even 
years later, when we had enough wood in the storage houses of the temple, we called the Lishka Seitzim, these families had the right to bring the wood. They had that zuchus, that honor. And that they became a yomtif for those families and they would bring what's called a carbon eitzim. They would bring a special offering, which the Rebbe has a long, um, he analyzes in great detail at a different Fabrengen, but not for now. But what kind of offering of wood was this? Was this a offering that the offering itself was wood or was the wood used to help to burn for other offerings that were brought? But either either way, either way, if these families had a special yomtiv day that they were able to bring in. Just one second. Now, while. It was the family of one of the families, these nine families that had these honor times to bring their offerings. While one of them, for example, was on the fifth, on the twentieth of Av. What happens if your offering on the twentieth of Av is your date and it was a Shabbos? Shabbos, you can't bring a wood offering as an offering, but it's your date. It's your day of your yamtif. It's the day where you get to bring, you know, you, you're in charge of the offering for the wood in the temple. So the Mishnah says, this is this discussion is going back to the days of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Me'acharin v'loi makdimin, which means you postpone the person's honor to the next day, but you don't bring forward the honor. So example, if it was Shabbos, you would have to postpone the offering to the Sunday, but you don't bring the offering forward to the Friday. And the Mishnah says this rule that you postpone it a day and you don't bring it forward is also the same law. For example, Tishabav, if the if the date, the fast day Tishabav falls out on Shabbos, which it does nowadays every so often, you postpone the fast to the Sunday, and you don't bring it forward to the Friday. Chagiga, which is a Yom Tif offering, also it doesn't overpower the Shabbos. So that Yom Tif offering, you you delay, you postpone it a day instead of bringing it forward. And so too, the Mishnah says is with the Hakol. Hakol is like the year where now where all the Jews gather together, and the king would come out on a certain day to speak, first day of Sukkot, whatever. So that gets postponed and not brought forward. Now, what's the logic? Why do we say that you postpone it? Why not say, bring it forward a day? If it's such a big mitzvah and you're having such a great opportunity, such a big yamtav, why do you postpone it? Bring it forward. So the Gemara, the Gemara, the Talmud, which explains the Mishnah says, we'll tell you the reason. The reason is, Tishabab, for example, what's the theme of Tishabab? It's all about sadness. So sadness, you don't want to bring forward the sadness. Oh, let me rush up the sadness. I want to be more sad right earlier. No, you don't do that. It doesn't make sense. When it comes to things of negativity, don't bring it forward. Bring it 
push it off. How about Chagiga, the Yom Tov offering and the Hakul, the gathering? So it says those two is for a different logic why you push it off. Because at the time of the obligation has not arrived yet. So what are you going to say? Bring that offering on Friday. Well, Friday you weren't obligated yet to bring the, the Yom Tov offering. The Yom Tov didn't come yet. So logically it makes sense to postpone it a day then to bring it forward because the holiday, the occasion didn't happen yet. Now, regarding the offering of the wood offering that the Kohanim would br- and the people would bring, the Gemara actually doesn't give us a reason. And we're now going to have to figure out on our own and understand why to the other occasions of postponing and not bringing forward the Gemara tells us a reason. But with regarding the wood offering, it just says you should postpone it, don't bring it forward, and doesn't give you a logical reason. I just want to digress talking about a yard site. So I just want to digress with an interesting fact. When a person passes away, so for I'm using this as an example that happened in our family. My, my dad passed away 17 years ago and he passed away in the evening time before it got dark, but it was after light is already going down. That's called Bain Hashmashos. It's a between time. And there's always a question. It's like, what is that time that's the between when the sun's kind of down but not fully down? The stars are not out yet. What's that little window time? It's usually about... 25 minutes or around that. It's called Bein Hashemashu. So halachically, if something happens in that period of time, do you say, postpone it? Or do you say, bring it forward? So for example, if a person who passes away, Bein Hashemashu, when is the yard site? Is the yard site the day before? If a person passed away Monday night, Bein Hashemashu, do you say his yard site is Tuesday, Monday night, Tuesday? Or do you say it's Monday day? Makes a big difference. When do you say Kaddish? Light the candles. Right? Oh, and, and we're going to soon see later. When you give tzedakah, if you're fasting that day, you are, so we're soon going to find out. So I remember I went then to one of the chief rabbis in New York and I said, our family wants to know, when is the yard site? Is the yard site Monday night, which is Tuesday, or is it Monday day? So the Rav answered to me, he said that there is a responsa from the Munkacher Rebbe. And over there he writes that at the end of life, you postpone the day. In other words, if you're not sure, yard site should be Monday night, Tuesday, not Monday day. But he said in the beginning of life, so let's say when a baby's born, when do you do the bris? When do you start counting eight days? From Monday day or Monday night, Tuesday, right? So he said in the beginning of life, you take it from the day before. Why? So the logic is you want to give a human being the most days possible of human life while living here on this world. So I'm just pointing this thing out. So now back to our subject of postponing and not bringing forward. What's the logic that the offerings that they were supposed to bring on a Shabbos that was their Yom Tif day, do we say postpone it and don't bring it forward? If, if, it, the, if their Yom Tif day of bringing the wood offering was on a Shabbos. So we find a wordings of Rashi that almost seems like a contradiction in Rashi himself. And that is, Rashi has a commentary on the, the Mishnah and the Talmud. And Rashi also has a commentary on what's called the Talmud that's 
it's kind of compressed, the Talmud, of the riff. In the back of many Gemaras, they have the riff. The riff is kind of like more of a compressed a version of the Talmud. It has less of the debates going argument. Anyway, it's, it's called the riff. So Rash, there is a Rashi commentary also on the riff. And the Rebbe brings down in, in the footnote that it's debatable if it's really Rashi's commentary or they just contributed to Rashi. But regardless, it's written and it's called the Rashi's commentary. And it seems like there's two different explanations that Rashi gives in the straight-off Talmud and in the Rashi's writing on the riff. What does Rashi say? In the Talmud, Rashi says, you know why you have to postpone the offering for your holiday, your family's holiday of bringing the wood is because the date that's your Yom Tif date didn't arrive yet. For example, if yard site is Shabbos, not yard site, if your holiday of bringing the wood is Shabbos, if you're going to bring it on Friday, you didn't. it's not your obligation yet. It's not your family day yet. So you can't really bring it on Friday. Because, in other words, it's like a vow that a person makes. That it's, you know, it's, it's an internal vow that our family brings it on the 20th above, right? Or whatever family it was, right? That means, so by the wood things is the same logic, Rashi says. That the wood offerings you cannot bring because the date didn't arrive yet. The date of your obligation of your family didn't arrive yet Friday. Only Shabbos. Now it's Shabbos. Oh yeah, I have a problem. I can't bring this wood offering. So you postpone it to Sunday. That's the way Rashi explains the logic in the Gemara. But Rashi's comment on the Rif says a little different. He says that you postpone it to after Shabbos because Friday, there's another family that brings the wood offering on the Friday. It's, it's whatever family's day it is. So another family that's supposed to bring it on Friday, they don't want to have you bringing your offering on their day. They, they, they should lose out from, the, it's their family's day. Why should they lose out on it? They don't want you to bring it. So therefore, you can't bring it forward. And that would be the reason why the Gemara doesn't have to bring any reason about the wood about it delaying and not about you postponing and not bringing it forward, because it's like almost an obvious thing. There's somebody already bringing it on Friday. What are you doing here, bringing your wood? There's another family bringing it. According to this reason, that when the person that brings the wood now would not be allowed. Sorry, if the family that's bringing it on Friday, if they would not mind, let's say they say, ah, we don't mind. You want to bring it Friday? Give them three. Bring it Friday it would be okay. In other words, if you say, like Rashi says on the riff, that the whole reason is because another family is bringing their offering on the Friday, they wouldn't want you to bring it. Well, what if they do allow you to bring it? Then you would be allowed. But if you say, like Rashi on the Talmud, that the reason why you have to postpone the wood offering is because the obligation didn't come yet on Friday because it's not your day yet, then you cannot bring it there's no way you could bring it earlier. Now, this idea of this argue, of this two ways of looking on it, why we postpone the offering, is brought down a very similar logical argument in the Jerusalem Talmud. In other words, this idea that 
you're not obligated yet to bring it till Shabbos. And now that it's Shabbos, you can't bring the offering. Therefore, you should postpone it. In other words, your obligation is not there yet on Friday. So therefore, you can't bring it on Friday. Is actually lingers over to another discussion in Jewish law. In the Jerusalem Talmud, it says like this. There's an argument amongst the sages, amongst the Amirayim, regarding a person who's the Gabai Tzedakah. You know what means a Gabai Tzedakah? The person that's the Gabai, he's in charge of distributing money to the poor. Every community needs to have what's called a, a pot of money, where every shul is supposed to have money, where they collect up money, people give money, and certain trustworthy people are in charge of this kupa of the tzedakah, and they give out the money. So now, what happens if there's no money in the pot? And a poor man comes and needs money. So could, may, the question is, may the person in charge of the money Say, I'm going to loan out money. I'm going to loan money or whatever. However, he's going to find the money. He's going to borrow money. And then one day when there'll be money in the pile of the tzedakah, we'll pay back the loan. In other words, what's going to be the question? The Ragachavar, who we mentioned many times, He's one of the geniuses. He passed away in the 1930s. We spoke about him in length. So the Ragachavar says that there's two opinions that the Talmud brings down, and they're dependent on our two opinions here. Whether you say that, no, you're not allowed to borrow money on the basis that somebody's going to make a promise and donate money to the charity pile. And then I'll use that money that this person's going to make a promise and donate to pay back that loan. Why? Because when a person makes a commitment to give a donation, he says, let's say I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to give a a nice sum of donation to the charity on my birthday, right? Or on whatever, your mother's yard site, whatever occasion, you know? So you make a promise to yourself or your verb, however you make it. And then... The day comes and you fulfill your promise. You give the donation. Now, if the, if the if that money was already now, what the gabai is going to take the money and say thank you for the money, but I'm actually going to use it for money that we needed a month ago. That means that the guy that made this promised donation, he didn't make the donation from a month ago. He made the donation for this date now. So if you're going to say that the Gaba is allowed to borrow money and then the guy that makes the promise later it's money is going to go backwards, says the Ragachav, this is actually makes a difference in which logic you use that Rashi brings down. If Rashi says, right, on the Talmud, Rashi said that you cannot bring the offering earlier because the obligation never came yet. So one second, this guy is giving tzedakah, let's call it Rosh Chodesh Elul, because he made a promise to Rosh Chodesh Elul, but one second, you're going you're gonna to use that money for something that he gave on the 15th of Av, for something that you used on the 15th of Av, then you're, you're, you're taking the guy's money that he promised only later to go for earlier. But we just said, you can't, the family cannot, in the wood offering, 
the family cannot use the wood offering earlier than the date that they're allocated to be. So once you go with this logic that you can't bring your donation earlier than the date that was promised to do it, then it would apply also to the argument of whether the Gabite stuck is allowed to give up money and then take somebody's later date promised money and use it for backwards. Right? Now, this tzedakah money, if you're going to say that you could give this money, means that you already have, it's going to be used for a past time. It won't fulfill your obligation then for now. And then it will come out that if you made the commitment for Eshkodesh El, it will be as if I never made, fulfilled my promise. Because that money went to something that was done before the date of my promise. But according to the way Rashi said in the Rif, there, Rashi said a different reason. There, Rashi said, why can't you bring the wood offering on the Friday? Because it belongs to a different family. That means, if that family would allow you to give it earlier, then that would be okay. That means then, in that case, you would say that your Gabbatak is allowed to give the money. Because even though Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so said, I'm only making a promise to give the tzedakah on Rosh Chodesh Elo, which is a special day to me, it doesn't matter. Because if, if you would know that the money would be used before, you would agree to do it before. So again, it kind of shows that that argument regarding the tzedakah money is, also, is similar to the argument of whether the wood offering could be brought before or not based on the logical reason to it. This is why, by the way, we always pay so much attention, as much as we can, to dig up reasons behind mitzvahs, because it helps us to see where we could apply it to other mitzvahs. So by digging up this Rashi's two different views of his reasonings regarding bringing forward or postponing the wood day celebrated Yom Tov for your wood offering teaches us also regarding the laws of the loaning money if the Gabbai Tzedakah is allowed to loan money and get it back later with a later promise. Now, however, we're going to be able to understand this dispute by thinking a little bit more of another difficulty in Rashi, the way Rashi explained it by the riff. Rashi said again in the Rift that we don't bring the, the donation earlier because it's the, it's the time of another family and they wouldn't want you to come into their time. So everybody says it's totally not understood. What's, what does this have to do with another family that has the earlier date time? The whole thing of bringing a wood offering donation was established by the earlier prophets and he brings down the footnotes he's not talking about prophets like the prophets that prophesize prophecies it, it says in Pirkei Avos in the first Mishnah that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai gave it over to Joshua Joshua gave it to the elders the elders gave it to the prophets and the prophets gave it to the men of the great assembly so he's talking about those those prophets that established rules and system in the Jewish tradition right so those that established the tradition, that's, they're the ones that established which family brings it on which day. In other words, to bring it Erev Shabbos has not, should seemingly have nothing to do with the family that it's their turn to bring it on Fridays. What does it have to do with them? It's not up to them. If they agree, you could bring your offering earlier. If they don't agree, you can't bring your offering earlier. 
the established date of your family's holiday is, let's just say, this family was on the 20th of Av and it's on Shabbos, so you have to push it off. What does it have to do with the logical reason uh, of whether the family before is going to agree or not? The, it was already an established rule by people outside of the power of the people that actually bring it on the Friday. So why would Rashi say such a logical reason? That it's because there's another family bringing it on Friday, it's not fair to bring it on their day. So the Rebbe says, you could see now that really both explanations from Rashi are actually not a contradiction for each other. And as a matter of fact, each one of these reasons that Rashi says in these two places actually helps us understand things and it complements each other. The obligation of the families of when they have to bring their, when is the time to bring their wood offering, the Kohenim and the people, of bringing this wood offering is all about the law of a vow. When you make a vow, what, did, what was going through your mind when you made the vow? That's the key thing that's what's important here. The key thing is, what were you thinking? When it's, in other words, when you said, I want to bring it on this and this date, okay? Let's just say for argument's sake, you say, I'm going to bring an offering every year. I'm going to give a big donation to my synagogue on the day of my family, my father's yard sale, my mother's yard sale, yeah? What were you thinking when you said that? Did you really, really mean that day? Or did you mean if you get around to it earlier, you'll give it even earlier? Or did you mean, no, I'm never doing it before, only after? Right? What were you thinking? Your thinking actually is part of what makes the obligation. If you said to yourself in your brain, in your mind, you said, I'm, I'm making a commitment for the yard side, but I'm for sure, I don't want to do it before. For sure not before. Then you can't bring it before. You're not allowed to. Because th- that vow, it's a vow and fulfilling a promise. And if you give before, you're going to have to give again on the day of the yard side. Because if, you, if that was in your mind. So now here. Since it's obvious, it's a normal thing that one or many of the nine times that were established for certain families to give their wood offerings would fall out on Shabbos. And certainly when these people made the vow that they're going to be part, that's their date and that's what they're going to do. Certainly from the beginning, they always had in mind that when it will be, their date will be on Shabbos. They would bring it either before or after. You think they really cared? They wanted to do their, they have their day. And when Rashi says, by the rift there, he says that you don't want to bring it earlier because you don't want to step on the feet of the family that's doing it before. That's explaining it even more. Rashi's basically saying that when you have your time of your family, you don't, you, you weren't obligated yet. It's not just to bring that you can't bring it before Shabbat because your date didn't arrive yet. But it means that your obligation only starts after Shabbos because you made your commitment only then. Since before an earlier family doesn't want you to mix into them, so to begin with, you would never think to do it before. Therefore, if your date was followed on Shabbos, you obviously would have in mind to bring it after Shabbos, especially because you know, and everybody knows how great peace is. Peace amongst people. It's so important. God Allah Shalom. Shalom is top. 
So when you make your commitment to bring it on a certain day, you obviously wouldn't be wanting to do it earlier where you would step into, step on the feet of another family, especially when you're talking about the altar and offerings, which is all about peace. Right? You know the famous, the famous uh, anecdote about when a person gets married. Sorry, and then you, if God forbid it doesn't work out, and then a person has to get divorced, it says that the, when a person gets divorced, the day of the get, it says that the altar, the altar in the temple would shed a tear or tears. In other words, when something would come about that a piece was broken and it's not working, the altar is affected by it because that's the place that prays always for peace. So imagine when you're bringing an offering, to begin with, you would never set it in your mind that you would want to bring it earlier because, God forbid, would you want to step on anybody? That's not your intention. So when Rashi says, the first place he says you postpone it because it's not your obligation yet. The second place Rashi says it's because you don't want to step on the other priest. It's actually an explanation to each other. It's giving you more words of explaining why it's not your obligation because you made the vow for then. And on the contrary, he continues, if it wasn't for the family before would, that wouldn't want you to come into their slot, it would be, it would, then it would make sense that the, what you had in mind when you made the vow would be only to make it earlier to Erev Shabbos. Obviously, you would want to make it before. Why would you make it before if the family wouldn't, if you would know that the family wouldn't care? Because two reasons. Number one, there's a, there's a established principle that says, anytime you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, don't postpone it. Everybody knows this rule. It's a rule. You know, if you have an opportunity, don't push it off. Number two, even if you would say, that to use the wood from the earlier family and to use it for, for the offering was in its time of the 20th above, even if it was Shabbos, comes out that if you would postpone the offering till after Shabbos, then you would feel like, oh my gosh, I just wasted an opportunity to thank Hashem. So obviously, you would always want to do it earlier if you would only know that the other family wouldn't care. But since you don't know, you wouldn't even think to step it on their feet. You wouldn't even tend to. So when you made your vow, you made it, of course, for the day. And if it's not that day, you'll do it the next day. Therefore, in our case, it's obvious that you postpone it and you don't bring it forward. And the Gemara doesn't even need to explain the reason of that. The Gemara explains all the other reasons why you postpone and not make earlier. Tishubav, Chagiga, Hakko, but not this one. Even if the earlier family would sometimes agree that you should bring it earlier, you wouldn't bring it earlier. Why? Because ultimately, your date of your promise, the obligatory date, didn't arrive yet. So it's like that to begin with, you would have never even thought to bring it earlier. So the conclusion of this piece of information is like this. That Rashi does bring two reasons. Because the Gemara itself doesn't bring the reason. Why do you postpone the wood offering if it's your date, your family's date? Because, number one, it's not, you, you're not even obligated yet to bring it because your obligatory date did not arrive yet, so you can't bring it on Friday. And in addition to that, since I made a vow, and the whole thing is about what I had in mind, I had in mind to bring it on the date, and I would never want to step on somebody else's feet. That's the second reason. 
So it's not just a second reason, it's really explaining the first reason. That you're not bringing it earlier because you would never want to bring an offering that would maybe infringe on somebody else's space. That's not your goal. Your goal is to praise Hashem with your offering. Comes out from this, says the Rebbe, in a very humble way. The Rebbe says, comes out from all of this, in my humble opinion, that there's really no proof to the argument from the Jerusalem Talmud regarding the Gabbai Tzedakah of whether he could loan the money, loan money, if the, the pot of money doesn't have any money there, loan money to, the, to give out to the poor person with the intention that one day when somebody else will make a vow and they'll give that money, I'll be able to use it here. Whoa, one second, if somebody's making a vow to give it on Rosh Chodesh, on whatever, our example date, right, on a certain date, and now you're going to use that money for earlier than he, the guy never fulfilled his promise because the money was being used before his promise date. Like the Ragachavar said that there's a connection between the two, two themes. The Rebbe says, in my humble opinion, really there's no proof from our discussion with the wood to that story with the loaning of money. Because this that you don't bring it earlier, in our case, is because to begin with, when you made the vow, to begin with you made a vow that when it would be on Shabbos you would postpone. You never even entered your head that you would bring it earlier with the small, even small potential to step on somebody else's feet. So he says, how could you learn out our story from our laws regarding the laws of loaning money? When a person, when a person makes a promise, he wouldn't make a promise for something that's very unusual circumstance that I would, that somebody, another family would allow me. It doesn't really fit. Paying up alone before the time is a different subject. So the Rebbe says, from here you can learn regarding anybody that has a yard site that falls out on, on a Shabbos. We know that there are traditions, the custom of people is to give tzedakah on the day of a yard site. These are the things you're supposed to do. Tangible things you could do. Right? You know the old joke that this guy, his father died and he felt like he wants to give Tzedakah in a memory of his father. His father should have a, you know, a direct ride into the Garden of Eden. So he writes out a massive check. And he mails it to a charity. In heaven, they see the check floating through the mail. Wow! What a donation in the honor of you. They take this guy out of purgatory and they bring him to Gan Eden. A few days later, they take him out of Gan Eden. They put him back into the purgatory. He says, what happened? He says, what should we do? The check that your son gave bounced. So, that's just a side joke. But the point is, in a serious note, it's a custom to give tzedakah on the day of a yard site. So too, it's a minute, it's a custom by many people that they fast on the day of a yard site. I don't personally don't know people that do that, but he brings it down here that there's a minute to do this and it's brought down actually in Shulchan Aruch about this minhug, a uh, custom of fasting on a day of a yard site. So, what category does this go into? If the yard site is on a Shabbos, if you have this tradition that you give tzedakah on the yard site, or if you fast on the day of a yard site, when do you do it? Do you postpone it? Or do you bring it forward? So he says, we could analyze this very simple by thinking that where is your commitment? 
when you give your commitment that you say, I want to do this on my yard site, I want to give money or, or I want to fast, what was, what, where was your intention? That when it's on a Shabbos, you would bring it forward or, or, or no? According to the Raga Chavar, who says that it's compared to other cases, like by the money loaning, where you have to postpone it till after the time of when there was a vow, it will come out that you should postpone giving the tzedakah of the yard site till after the Shabbos, just like by the Jerusalem Talmud regarding the Gabbai tzedakah. He can't use that money for that guy because that guy has to give the money for the day that he made the vow. So if you made a vow, every year I'm going to give money on the yard site, oops, one year it's on a Shabbos. Postpone it because your vow wasn't there yet. But based on what we said before, since to begin with, the yard site many times will come out on a Shabbos. So that in those cases, to begin with, your promise would mean that you could even give it earlier. As a matter of fact, as the sages tell us, as we just quoted before, mitzvah when a mitzvah comes to you, don't procrastinate to do it. So obviously you would have that attitude. So since in our case, it would be obvious that when you make that commitment for your yard site in many years, your yard site is going to be on a Shabbos, that you should bring it forward to Erev Shabbos and do this mitzvah before Shabbos. Some people have yard sites where it never falls out on Shabbos. My dad's yard site never falls out on a Shabbos. Depends. I don't know. This depending on the calendar and, and and schedule and so on. But this again, it was the this is the sicha and it's it's the shorter sicha this week. But this is the theme of very well. You know, uh, the Rebbe teaches us this idea to think about this. And the main thing is that when we do something for a person on the day of yard site, there are many customs that you're supposed to do besides just davening and going to shul. And and this, if you can lead a service, you should also lead the service, then you get to say more kadeshim. And we try to do 16 kadeshim on a yard site. Uh, that's to do, make sure to do them all. And you light people, light, you light a candle. There's so many different things, important things to do. And of course, tzedakah brings a tangible, as we know all the merits of tzedakah. And the biggest thing about tzedakah is that it brings closer the Geula with Mashiach.